This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Learn, grow, and go to new places. Most of you have probably graduated from something in your life, and maybe you've graduated from more than one kind of school or institution, and it's usually called a graduation. I really like the alternative word, which is commencement, because it signals the beginning. Even though we have our degree, we've learned some things, It's the commencement of continuous learning for the rest of our lives. That means being open, having an openness to a new mindset, being able to see some expanded vistas. So I want to talk about what I'll call some myths exploded, perhaps, about the way people might have thought things were. And I'm going to say they're a little different than what you think And I've been learning about it as well over the years of my life and work history. So number one, one of the things that people often just believe is that hard work is enough. And that's what you need to do in order to get ahead in life. And here's the thing, when you're working hard, and that's maybe all you're doing, your head can be down and you're so focused on the work that's right in front of you that it's more of a limited view and maybe even what I'd call a myopic view. So you don't have the full vision of all that's possible. So perhaps a better way of thinking about things rather than just the hard work mantra is to think about the notion of ideas in the flow. So that's to say there's some power in having intention, there's power in having focus, there's power in having a clear goal. And when you have that kind of focus and intention and specific clear goals, it creates a flow in your life that supersedes even the hard work. So imagine that you were trying to dig a ditch and you were digging the ditch with a small little shovel. That would take forever and you might not be very successful and the shovel might even break before you got very far. However, if you had those automatic power tools, those ditch digging tools, it would proceed much more rapidly more efficiently and effectively, and you'd have a hole big enough to use as a foundation for the work and whatever you're doing. The key here, though, is you have to be very clear about where it is that you're going. So when you think about your business, what's the revenue goal that you have for this year? What is the level of service that you want to provide to your clients? Are you starting anything new? You want to name these very specifically so that you are always moving intentionally in the direction of that goal and generating the idea flow that helps you do the hard work more easily. The second myth I think we could sort of explode is this whole notion of all I've got to do is put my head down to the grindstone and then I will be successful. And behind this myth is the notion that as one person 
that you can do whatever it is that you need to do. However, each one person, no matter how smart or intelligent you are, you're limited by the number of hours in a day. There are 24 hours in a day for each of us, and there's only so much that you can do as one person. So rather than head to the grindstone, you want to be thinking about how can you leverage the collective abilities of other people so that there's some synergy and there's speed that comes with the partnerships. That means you have to be willing to delegate some tasks and activities. You have to be willing to share some tasks and activities so that you move from the grindstone to truly leveraging the collective and doing more with more in less time and with less strain. The third thing I want to mention is this whole notion of waiting for opportunity. That's perhaps a more passive strategy. If something's not going well, you just sit back and wait for the tide to turn or wait for the weather to turn. What I would say is always you want to be preparing yourself with that continuous learning that we were talking about. Be prepared for opportunity and then go out and not just wait for it, create opportunity. And I want to give some examples because I even shifted in my own mindset over the years with certain crises to where we are today. So I remember when 9-11 happened and my business was about 70% travel-based at least at that point. I remember thinking, what am I going to do? Because companies had stopped traveling. We weren't going to be flying around as much for a while. There was that impact on the marketplace. And so we started a whole new line of business that was something that we thought would be easier to do in our own geographical area because of the mix of businesses and organizations in Colorado Springs. And in fact, that new area that we started took off and it went beyond Colorado Springs. We were doing it because we didn't have to travel and therefore it would be doable. But we found that there were clients outside of the local region who also wanted and needed the services that we developed at that time. So that was a more proactive strategy. It was creating an opportunity. When 2008 and 2009 came in, the recession hit, and a lot of things were decimated during that recession. I remember it was such a shock that I went into a mode of definitely learning more, which is always good because that's preparation. However, looking back on it, I see more opportunities where I could have been proactive like I was in the 9-11 crisis. And so the turnaround for my business took a little bit longer because I was more reactive than I was proactive in walking through the recession. So with that knowledge and information in my mind, I approached the pandemic crisis of 2020 with a totally different mindset. And I said, okay, I'm going to have preparedness, meet opportunity, and that means I'm going to move in the direction of creative advantage. You've heard me say over the years and time, I talked a lot about competitive advantage. I think even more powerful than competitive advantage is really creative advantage. When it's competitive advantage, you are competing perhaps against other players in the field, and maybe some of the ways you're competing may not be according to your own core gifts, skills, and talents. 
Creative Advantage says, let's look at what I do uniquely well. What am I stellar at? What are those aspects about how I do business that are unique? Take those and turn those into a creative advantage. When you're being uniquely you and doing things the way you do them, it's much harder for others to just compete by copying you because no one can be you but you. So I think there's a lot of power in creative advantage over competitive advantage. I remember years ago when I was in high school, back in those days, girls really didn't take weightlifting. And I decided to take weightlifting. And as it turned out, I was the only girl in the weightlifting class. One of the reasons I took that is I wanted to be able to set my own milestones, set my own benchmarks, and I wanted to set goals that I could exceed, goals that I could achieve without necessarily having to compete against another person. So when you're in the creative advantage mindset, the only competition is against the last goal that you set and you're setting your own milestones, which is very powerful. So again, just by way of review, find ways to move from hard work to moving into the flow of ideas and allowing those ideas to resource those dreams and visions and objectives that you have and let it happen more easily. Number two, move from head to the grindstone. I'm going to do this by myself to thinking about how can you work with high level partners and leverage the collective of the group of partners. And then number three, rather than waiting for opportunity, yes, continue to learn, prepare yourself for opportunity, and then create your own opportunity. So as we think about those concepts, I want to close our time today with today's biblical words of wisdom, which come from Isaiah, the 40th chapter. And I'll start with the 29th verse and go through the 31st verse. And it talks about supernatural empowerment. And this is what is available to us when we're in the flow. He gives power to the weak, and this is speaking about God, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Did you know that teams do the bulk of the work in successful organizations? And for this reason, it's very important to build and develop your teams. And first, you might want to know, where you are in the process. So I invite you to take the complimentary team assessment to identify your current strengths and also your learning opportunities in launching and developing high-performance teams that get dynamic organizational results. So go to my website, www.transleadership.com, And you'll see on the homepage, there's a brown bar that says 
Take the High Performance Team Assessment. You'll find it just under the running photographs. Click there and get your results. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.